Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be for our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. So if you want to talk about inspiring stories, it gets uh, no more inspiring than the guest that I have with me today. Um, This podcast episode is with Annie Price, who has an inspirational story. Um, She's been through so much and such a lovely person to talk to. And um, just so positive, you know, she was, as a baby, she was involved in a fire and has gone on to do amazing things, um, and not only opening her, her own gym, but she's also done lots of TV presenting as well and hoping to do more. And just a really inspiring story. You, you may have heard her story, you might have seen her on a few things on television, and it was just a pleasure to be able to talk to her, and I'm really excited to share that episode with you now. Um, so yeah, be sure to check us out on our social media pages. You can follow me on Twitter um, at lprestige7 or um, our Twitter page for the podcast at Shapes of Stories. You could follow me on Instagram on Prestige Books, and you can find us on our Facebook pages as well. Um, be sure to check out my new book, um, talking all things mental health and my experiences and. Um, it's been amazing, some of the feedback I've had so far, so thank you. Um, that's The Boy Who Lost His Spile, um, now available on Amazon or where you get your books from. Um, so yeah, The Boy That Lost His Smile by me, Lawrence Prestige. Um, if you could support the show in any way, please um, donate. Um, it, it just really helps us you know, be able to bring you more episodes and um, more content as, as, as much as we can. Um, but without further ado, here's my chat with the wonderful, the beautiful, the inspirational Annie Price. Okay, so hi Annie. I mean, I guess firstly, how have you been doing over this last, I don't know, 18 months, nearly two years? How have you been doing? Um, yeah, I think that it's been an equally wild time for every person. I don't think any of us have escaped it, but mm-hmm. my family, I'd say we've been doing okay in that, you know, it's actually been quite nice. I had, a, I had another second child over, over this lockdown period, so it was quite nice that we were all at home together um but yeah it's just crazy isn't it I think up and down right like everyone yeah I suppose like how have you coped I guess emotionally with that 18 months has there been sort of high and low points or like is it I guess sometimes it's like you have to be careful what you let into your space in terms of the news and not sort of letting it overwhelm you everything that was going on especially in 2020 when there was so much going on in the world um I think letting the outside in I've always been a little bit of a hermit in that I don't, I'm not big on the news and I know that's very very juvenile but I just try and keep out what I don't want in I, you know when it's big enough you're going to hear about it so I don't tend to follow it day to day but I think for me personally after um last year yeah it kind of really knocked me and kind of changed the way I saw myself and the things that I needed to do myself because I think that I've always sort of held myself up and thought you know I was quite um you know, compassionate and, and, and quite forward and open with my story and sort of helped where I can. But after everything that happened over the last year, two years over in America, over here, um, and if we're all honest, the things that we always knew that were happening, um, I'm talking about race and difference and these kinds mm. of things as well. I think that I realised that I could be doing a lot more. So it's really changed the way I approach work and my day-to-day life. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd say personally, it sort of it shook me a lot. It did take me a lot. But my my family and everything like that, I'd say you know we we're very fortunate. We did we did okay. But me on a personal level, it it was probably one of my biggest eye opening kind of times. I would say. Yeah. Well, again, thanks for coming on the the podcast. I think I think the first um, you know time I sort of heard about your story, I think was there a video of, like Lad Bible. I think I might have. Seen... Oh yeah, yeah, Lad Bible one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was really intrigued by your story and everything like that. And um, yeah, so, I mean, on, on Instagram as well, you're sort of very big on po- positivity, keeping, you know, a positive mindset. I mean, are there sort of things that I know you, you do to make sure you stay in that mindset, that positive mindset? Yeah, I mean, for I know, sure. I know working out is a um, big thing for you. Sorry, sorry, say I, that again? Yeah, I know working out is like a really big, you know, fitness and everything's really sort of big in your life. It is very big in my life. Yeah. I've been a personal trainer for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's just got his second gym. So it's like part of our lifestyle really is just moving and training. Um, for me, I think that people always ask, you know, how do you say positive and whatnot? It's such a perfect, you know, it's actually a question. We all want to know, including me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the first person to be like, hey, why is that smile on your face? Share, share the wealth. Yeah. But um, in all honesty, I don't think there's a one and done kind of situation. I think that it's, and we all know the truth, you know, it's something that we have to sort of keep at all of the time um you know long before the you know self-care was a phrase and everything growing up I knew that I had to kind of keep myself feeling good you know looking different and getting all the fun reactions that I can get from people you know it's quite clear I needed to have a solid base so I've just sort of taken that on and as we know it changes over time so it's not really just that wait until you're at rock bottom for me it's what keeps me training keeping me walking like i've literally this year i've been had such a wild time i had an emergency operation on my stomach uh, my intestines were uh, twisted and i've been in hospital for two weeks you know and then i had more operations on my scars and i've just literally been doing intervals in and out of hospital so my normal level of training just has been non-existent which is totally fine you know i'm not as much as people think i'm not exactly a gym bunny i just do it because I want to feel good and look a certain way, you know. Yeah. Um, but I always just say to people, just do what you can where you are in that, you know, we all know the truth, you know. It's not about overeating in a way, looking a certain way. It's about eating things that make you feel good, you know. It's about, shall I get up and train? And I'm not even a fan of someone doing like four hours smashing it. I'm just mm. saying, you know, do 10, 20 minutes every day. Yeah. You know, maybe not not back on the alcohol. Maybe, you know, it's these kinds of things. And as I say, it's the little things like news. I don't lean into the news too much. When people give me good news, I'll really share it and talk about it and lean into that. It's so easy to hear the bad stuff, but the good stuff we kind of sweep over. So it's all the little things for me really add up and help rather than this one perfect holy grail answer. Hope yeah. that helped. That was quite a long one, wasn't it? Yeah. You're going to kick me off the podcast, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, it's not not like the rock sort of style. You've seen the rock stuff on Instagram, where he's just kind of like you always feel like, how does he? He just has the time where he just tra- he just seems like he's either working on a movie or training all the time. Just like yeah, yeah, his Instagram yeah. was just full of just like him at the gym, <laughs> all that there's twenty. Gym, 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 gym. Well, it's yeah. his life, and he literally, arguably, gets paid for it. Literally, gets paid True. to train. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's, where it, that's where that difference is. I've just launched, or I say just launched, I launched um, World Woman Club. Uh, it was a campaign to help people understand the basics of feeling good through nutrition, food, mood, you know, different tactics to help with anxiety, training, how to understand like macros, calories, all these things that I think a lot of trainers presume people know. Um, and it's all about just doing what you can. It's not really about saying, right, I'm going to do 
as I said, an hour ages, it's literally just doing those little bits. So, um, yeah, I think um, just doing what you can is, is, is the number one thing. Yeah, and I suppose that's quite rewarding for you, knowing that you're helping people with their anxiety through something that you love to do, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's the same as you, right? You're obviously like chatting to people and interviewing them. Mm. Equally, I love the same kind of thing. So in my head, I want to find out what other people are doing about exercise, what other people do to feel good. Do they meditate? You know, because I always find it amusing. Same as what you said about the rock. I always find it funny that people are like, if you want to be happy, you've got to get up at 5 a.m. and worship the <laughs> sun and do 20 hours of meditation. I'm like, hold on. I've got a life to lead. I've got kids, yeah. you know, sleeping is my meditation. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I, I want to get those little snippets of how you feel good. So, again, why wouldn't I want to share that? You know, I might as well. If I'm going to find out for myself, I might as well share that. And yeah. as I say, I think life can be simple. I think that we do like to put these wonderfully big obstacles in our way. You know, even just my girlfriend's like, oh, I mean, you know, I would go on this day and after I would go in for this job, but my way, I need to change my shape. I'm like, first of all, one has got nothing to do with the other. But it's a really convenient obstacle you're putting in place of the things that you want to do so you don't get to have to push yourself. So for me, I just want to make life, get rid of those, get rid of those simple things out of the way and try and help people feel good. It's nice. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about a simple life, your life didn't start out very simple. <laughs> I mean, you were very no, no, born no. into a travelling family. I mean, I mean, and just, I guess the second you were born, there was controversy straight away, wasn't there? Yes. So... I was born into a white family, a traveler family. My mum would have been very young. Her husband was white, she was also white. So when I came out black, obviously it proved quite a difficult situation for her. Um, you know, like any marriage, I don't think it's gonna go down too well if your child comes out black and you know, you're a white man. So uh, it put her in a difficult spot, particularly in the traveler family, certainly true for my mum back then. Very patriarchal, you know, she was heavily reliant on the man going out and the money, she stayed at home. Um, and so then when four weeks later, I turned up at hospital with third degree burns, everyone presumed the authorities, so the police, the care workers at the time, thought my mum tried to kill me, which is horrible, you know, for anyone to think. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was difficult from the off, but you know, a lot of people straight away jump in with, oh, you know, she's horrible. She's this, she's that, you know, how? You must hate her and all these kinds of things. But my mum was very young and I was her third child. So, you know, she would she would have already had a very, very difficult life. Now, I'm not condoning anything that happened because even though it didn't happen the way everyone thinks it did, it was still a very difficult situation for every single person involved. But, you know, what kind of life would she have had to do something like that? I would never think that's okay. And, I've you know, I'm not going to put my hand up to it. I'm not the same. Like I like to paint on the ground that we all do, you know, but I wouldn't make those decisions. So I just think, you know, you know, who was around her to think those things are okay. So I've kind of felt for her, which I think makes everything a little bit easier. So it makes things less complicated, not simple, but certainly less complicated. Yeah. I was going to say, was it hard? I guess, was there a period of time where you did kind of want that closure or sort of reasoning why, or were you quite at a young age able to accept you know what you just said about your mum uh i would say i was at young age quite accepting of it i remember as well i, I had it from a very young age and so i grew up with this belief you know and right. as a kid whatever you're fed you're going to believe mm -hmm. um so from my angle i did kind of accept it and it was kind of sort of told to me in a way like your mum was very sick 
you know so there was a lot of sort of uh compassion there for her mm-hmm. so that sort of led you know I, I picked up on that as well um so I was able to accept that it wasn't until I was a lot older that I really wanted to understand a little bit more about my past and it was more because I realized you know I was knocking 13 I thought if I don't find out now I'm probably never going to do it because I'm probably going to have kids soon and I know as well as anyone add kids to the equation you know not a lot else is going to get done and yeah. Also, I realised that people are going to get on, you know, in that the people that will know anything about my story will probably be um, not around or, you know, poor memory and whatnot. So I just thought Mm -hmm. now's the time. And I was quite fortunate in that uh, my husband at the time was working with some of the England rugby team, like training some people that had agents. This agent came to me and said, do you want to do some TV work? And then the production company came to me and said, hey, you know, do you want to find out about your past? Um, I'm not going to say I jumped at the chance, but I was like, you know, if I don't do this now, I'm probably never going to do it. And I knew that I'd have the backing of the BBC and uh, help to see it through. You know, I, I tried at that time, oddly, at that exact time, I was, I was trying to find out about my past myself. And I um, did what any, you know, aspiring journey would do, go on Facebook yeah. <laughs> and Google names. But actually, most travellers got the same last name. So it was like needle in a haystack kind of situation. And it was quite, yeah, it's quite difficult. So I um, didn't come to any luck. And I just thought this is really good to have it and be part of a team. So I also knew that I would probably find out information and emotionally it would not come in. I'd want to pause. Mm. But in that situation, when you start opening the box, you really do need to keep sorting through it and find out everything that's in there before you close the lid. And I just knew that if I had a team with me, that is what would happen because they would want to, they would be able to go over my head and, and keep going, um, which is essentially what happened. I'm not going to say we found out everything. You know, nothing is ever cut and dry. It's not handed to us on the plate. But I found out so much more information than I would have ever expected. Um, but it made everything more real, which was quite hard yeah. to take. And obviously you were saved from the fire by someone. Did you ever find out who that person was or...? We didn't find out exclusively who it was, but I found the fireman that was there on the day, mm-hmm. um, which was really nice. He was nice. such a wonderful man. He was so good. He was exactly how you'd want, you know, like okay. he had the white moustache and the beard. <laughs> and I know that sounds really childish, but, you know, like it was just this, and the he was just fireman. such a nice, yeah, <laughs> he was just such a nice man. And I still get in contact with him now. He's just recently moved, actually, and we still speak on the phone. And I go and see him because he lives near my husband's family. So it's actually really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, having that connection. Brilliant, yeah. And obviously now you're a mum yourself. I how, how did you meet your husband? I mean, how did that all happen? How did I meet my husband? Yeah. Um, I, we, met, uh, <laughs> we met at a gym. I'm laughing okay. because of the gym questions you said. Um, <laughs> yeah, our, our eyes met across a steamy room. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, we... Uh, not the steam room. Us, no, not the, not the actual <laughs> steam room. That would be stomach health. Yeah. Um, no, so we met... Um, we met... Uh, at the gym we didn't you know it wasn't like immediate we we met mm. we were both working together we were both with other people at the time nothing crossed over at all it's just that you know so we got to be friends I wouldn't mm. say it was like a uh, amazing friendship we just got on quite well um and then we both broke up with our other people that we were with and then you know got on hung out more and more I'm not really a fall into love kind of person I'm more of a walk into love like very slowly <laughs> like yeah so it, it was really good it was really great Obviously, it was great. I'm, I married it, you know. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And um, do, so do you still do your work at the gym now? Is it kind of like your own sort of um, personal training stuff that you do? So we met at uh, a gym that we both rented and yeah. then um, we both worked there for X amount of years. Then we both, I helped him build the gym that's in Cobham, our first gym. And I worked there as well. And it was supposed to be ours. The reason why we, we didn't do it together is I'm not sure of, well, basically, we know a lot of people that have gone into business as couples together, and you don't really want all your money in one pot. Obviously, if you go on holiday, it's quite difficult, these kinds of things. So mm. he did it with another guy, Wes, who's wonderful. And um, when it kind of got up and running, I moved away from the gym, and I started doing public speaking, and I started doing, um, made documentaries for the BBC. So I kind of got to do my own thing. Uh, and then now, if I'm honest, I just really miss training people and being in that environment. But we don't, I, I don't want to work at the gym with him. Too many chiefs and all that. No mm -hmm. one wants their husband or wife telling them what to do. <laughs> we, were, we were right when we worked together before because we both rented the same space. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's a different thing. But when it's the same business, you, you know, it's better not for me anyway. I'm sure people love it, but not for me. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about your documentaries there. I mean, I, I saw part of the documentary with the was it the MMA MMA girl fighters, um, the female fighters. Oh yeah. I mean, was that? I mean, I saw a clip of it. Was that something you'd ever thought about doing or want to do? Absolutely not. No <laughs> way. No. I mean, give me give me a fighting chance. Look at this face. Do you know what I mean? I've got to keep it as intact as I can. <laughs> I've got half an hour. Do you know what I mean? Let's not lose the whole thing. I think no, definitely not for me. My fighter instincts is definitely gone. I might have been a little bit animalistic when I was a kid, but I'm not um, very much more contained. Plus, I've got kids. So I don't want to be. Don't want to be in pain. Actually, is the base. I don't think I even need to justify it. <laughs> That's the it. I just yeah. find it interesting because um, you know it's it's quite a, it's quite a savage thing MMA. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know much about it, but it's yeah. literally like all out, go for it. And these women are loving it, jumping in straight in. So not only is it quite a new sport for women to get into on a broader sense and a lot of people get into it but it's just um quite savage i just found it quite interesting to, yeah. to look into you know i watched a, a parts of it a few years ago obviously when it was uh ronda rousey the american that was called the top of the oh yeah UFC, she's great isn't she? the ufc world and then obviously she you know, was complete you know it's not like they say like wrestling where everything's predetermined and things like that you know this is actually like two women properly just like wanted to you know beat the hell out of each other and you know everyone kind of made out she was like top of the world unbeatable but then she obviously out of nowhere this woman just came and you know really took her out and it was just savage to sort of see that it is savage yeah. and it was all the fights i watched but it, you definitely get desensitized by the end i went to some of the last fights i was there like ah, mm -hmm. growling at the sides you know what i mean like you definitely get desensitized to it all but it was yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Did you watch the Tyson Fury fight? Are you into the boxing? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, yeah. yeah, I really like him. I really like him. Yeah, it was a great. That sounded like, really. Go on. No, I was gonna say like, the trilogy of fights that like, between him and Devontae Wilder was amazing. I don't know if I'll see anything like it again. Like, no. Every, all the it was just insane. Like they're both knocking each other down, getting back up, just yeah, crazy. And every fight was just got more and more crazier. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think the last, before um, Fury, I, my last sort of fights I was really into was, um, oh my goodness, I've forgotten his name. Who was our boy? Hatton. Oh, you know, yeah. I, you know, and then towards the end of his fights, obviously, you know, you could just see on the walkout, he wasn't in. And then after that, mm. I kind of loved, 
the love sort of lost, but as I say, Fury's really sort of brought it back in for me. So I'm absolutely loving it again. And his yeah. story is great as well. Like, let's face it, we all love a story. And yeah. he's just, yeah, I, I really like it. It's really enjoyable. And I like that he doesn't look like, you know, shredded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I mean, it's all part of it, isn't it? I like, I like that vibe. Yeah. Do you think he's the best boxer in the world? No, Tyson. Mike Tyson is. If you look at, Actually, are you talking about now? Are you talking about yeah, I guess talk about right, right now, yeah, ever. I mean, you've got Muhammad Ali, Tyson, you made that. That's different. Oh, right, right, right. I guess, yeah, I guess, like, right now, like, is he the best? I mean, he's the champ, but, I mean, people say the, the arguments there with Anthony Joshua, who has kind of had a few bad fights, I mean, but Tyson's undefeated, isn't he? I mean, technically, no, I still think Fury. I just feel like yeah. he's got the... The, the anger behind him mm-hmm. as well but yeah. you know time will tell we'll see we'll see it yeah no absolutely I mean I, was, I guess going back to your upbringing and stuff you were fostered and then you got I guess it was a blessing to be adopted by the people that you were fostered by I mean so you had like was that a really nice um childhood for you yeah it was lovely it was really yeah. lovely and um, I was very very fortunate I mean it wasn't I you know it wasn't the perfect childhood my parents got divorced when I was young my doctor parents Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like perfectly, crazily normal, you know, fights with my older brother and sister, you know, like it was just great fun, mm-hmm. bike rides. I loved it. It was great. It was really, really good. It's a kind of childhood. I look back now and I have to say, I'm glad I was born then. Over now, I feel like it's quite difficult now with all the social media and everything coming in for our kids. Mm-hmm. And I just think, um, yeah, so I was very, very grateful. I was very lucky that I was adopted from the same family as being fostered. I know a lot of people that were fostered bounced around. Um, and that's really hard. Yeah. I was very, I'm very lucky. I'm very yeah. fortunate. I suppose what was growing up like for you in terms of, I mean, junior school, primary school, secondary school, co- I mean, college, whatever you did. I mean, what was that experience like growing up? Um, yeah, it was good. I don't think any of us escaped school with no issues you know i had yeah it's part part of the course isn't it i i had a really good childhood i think that you're kind of asking was bullied i wasn't really bullied i had a few big name call-ins i'm gonna have to take my jumper off i'm really hot but you said that's this fine film. It, i promise you this is an actual top it just it's just it looks <laughs> a little bit revealing no, no um uh it it was good i mean yeah as i said i was i had a few I remember a couple of kids being quite rude about my face. As I say, I was quite like bullshit when I was younger. Not horrendous, mm. but I was just quite a little firecracker. And again, I had two older brothers and sisters. So it was like a, you know, uh, a fun, adventurous house. So I, I do remember, I probably shouldn't say this if there's kids listening. I'm not saying you should use violence ever. I just <laughs> kicked them in the shin, like, good, you know, like the old fashioned way. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and it kind of tied it all up. And then I remember a girl said something and one of my friends punched her in the face. <laughs> like, it sounds so bad when I'm saying it now, but you asked, right? So I don't know how else to tell you other than yeah. the truth. Um, and even the teachers, you know, like they would say, right, Annie, you know, we're going to have to pull you aside because it's not appropriate. You know, you can't, we can't condone this. But they would bring me into the class and they would just say, like, we understand. Don't worry about it. So I kind of knew from a young age, like, anger and frustration it's not ideal to to do that because they did talk to me about other ways i could express these emotions but they sort of at a base it was understood that you know mm. there's a right time to 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 be angry and there's a wrong time to be angry um and it's very hard to find that 
and quite often there's no excuse to, 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 to hit people but on occasion you're kind of okay again I apologise I feel like I'm going to get shot for this um, but you know and I don't regret any of that so go, it is what it is but as I say going forward I was in school it was kind of okay I, I had trouble when I um, when I all my friends were getting jobs in shops like 15 or 16 just like clothes shops like where, like warehouse I don't know whatever like H&M all these and um, I wanted to earn money too you know we all want a bit of independence at 16 and uh, I couldn't get hired you know like I would take my CV up there if I emailed it in I'd get a call back if I walked in it'd be like oh really sorry it's full now I obviously knew mm. that it was wasn't because my phone would be like no no there's space that like, come in um, and yeah I just did not get a job and I just arguably looking back honestly I think you know I could have really pushed my CV and maybe called attention to the to the the problem you know like now I would approach it in a different way but I was only 16 like 15 16 I didn't know how to handle it or navigate it then um so I could have probably gone and said look I can do this give me a trial I could do a couple of weeks and if you don't want me I'll go I could have done something like that but um you know I didn't know how to handle it then and it just really upset me because I thought you know what I can take the pain of you know not looking exactly perfect like other people or um, uh, I don't know, the difficulties that come up from being, you know, I'm always going to be in and out of hospital, those kinds of things. But like not being able to get a job, I thought, God, if I can't get a job, am I, what am I going to be reliant on my parents my whole life? That's not okay. It's not as if I came from a hugely wealthy family where that was, you know, really an option. And it just really upset me. And so that was probably one of the, another big time that I really remember feeling a bit low, being a bit upset. Yeah. Um, and it kind of really made me question myself. And I don't mean to sound like positive Percy over here, but in the same token, it was good for me because it made me go, right, I want to work for myself. I don't want to give other people the opportunity to say no or, you know, have power over my over me and my ability to actually look after myself. Um, so then after that, I was like, right, what can I do? And then that's when I did the personal training qualifications and all of that. Um, and I found out pretty quickly, you know, people might say no, but they're never going to say no to taking your cash. So as long as you're going to say, I'll rent your space, <laughs> I'll pay you this. They're like, yeah, come on in. So it, like, it was just a really good, good position, really looking back. I would never say this at the time. And it's, it's even hard to say that to someone when they're going through it. But, you know, having to sit there, wrestle with your self-doubt, deal with your own frustration, pick yourself up. You're paying for things that you can't buy, you know, like mm -hmm. they're the, they're the, they're the goodies. They're the bits that... You know, people always say, well, how do you get other people to do it? And I have to say, like, it's experience. You have to put your head on the on the chopping board and go for it yourself um, mm. and realise it's all part of life. And if you can practice, and it, only it takes time, because, as I said, I was I was very quick to fight, quick to get angry about different things. Um, it takes time to realise that these emotions aren't going to help. And so you're either going to keep biting your head against a brick wall or you're going to have to calm down, sit tight, and think of a way around your issue. Um, and that really is priceless, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, we, just, we talked about, I guess, the positive side of social media. And uh, I mean, I think Instagram is quite a nice, in terms of platforms, I think Instagram tends to be a nicer one. Um, but, you know, I guess you have like Twitter as well. It tends to be a bit more trolly, tends to be a bit more negative. We've had some people on Becky Allenton um and ellie simmons and people like that they've talked about some of the negative and some of the actors as well they've talked about the negative side of twitter and some of the comments they've had to deal with with trolls have you ever had to deal with any of that or are you quite good at avoiding that um no i'm lucky enough to be in that in that club I get loads of it oh right 
Yeah. No, I get a lot of people being ratty. Um, I don't know. I've had it my whole life anyway. This sounds like I'm, I'm doing the old violin. Oh, but <laughs> like I have had it my whole life. So, it, you know, it, I don't know. I'd get it anyway. You know, I think when people like in that level there become famous, it's like, oh, the, the shame of being famous. But, you know, lucky for me, whatever I'm going to do, I'm probably going to have that. So, um, I just sort of take it as it is. I'm just getting better and better at dealing with it. I said it the other day, because I, I got, I've been getting some corkers on uh, Instagram lately. Um, and I would never share the dodgy ones because I just don't like, I don't call attention to it because I don't like doing it. Um, and some people can say some really horrendous, nasty things. And quite often it will create a whole stream within my comments because I'm not always, you know, super fast and on the gram. And if someone starts it in the States, obviously I'll miss it through just being asleep. And then some people might stick up for me. And then I've got like this feed deep argument, you know, because normally I'll just delete a comment, but I quite often I find that people might be sticking up for me and having this row and I don't want to delete mm. the original comment because these people look crazy. So yeah, social media is quite amusing, but the best part of social media, do you know what I mean? I can just delete it. If people, mm -hmm. you know, you can block people. Now you do know the same people then. Instagram for some reason still hasn't done it. If you block one person, you should be able to block them from all of their, like whatever comes from that phone or whatever, because obviously they just keep coming back. But in all honesty, I just I just feel like it's just not something I can, like this is as much I'm ever gonna talk about it. I wouldn't say it to anyone yeah. else. I don't bring it up. I literally just, in my head, I've got like 10 units of energy a day. I'm gonna focus it on this. If I give it to that, it's just gonna, you know, take away from me and make me upset. Um, same as though in Tesco, if someone comes in and taps you on the shoulder and says, oh, um, why Why do you look like that? Were you born like that? Or, you know, and that like throws a thousand rude questions at me. Mm. I would just try and bat it off as much as I can. I wouldn't bring it home and tell my husband, unless for some reason it annoyed me. Oh, actually, a good point to say, because I was bringing it up the other day. You can jump in at any point. I feel like I'm just no, it's becoming, a, <laughs> it's becoming a blog. I feel like I'm just doing a, a video log right now. You tell me to shut up, right? Um, is that... The other day it did annoy me and I sort of put a little thing out on my story saying all oh, these people are bugging me on, on the gram. And the reason why I always know when I start to get annoyed with people staring at me or saying the uh, rude comments, it's because I've not been looking after myself, you know, like I'm overtired, I've been working right. a bit too much or, or maybe I haven't been doing any kind of training. Like, I mean, I'm just talking a bit of fresh air, you know, like going for a walk or whatnot. Um, so I feel like it always comes back to me. Like if I don't feel my best, and I don't mean like, you know, I'm, you know, Instagram perfect. I'm just talking about if I don't feel relatively good, that's when it's going to aggravate me. So guys, that's just a note. When you start getting more agitated in life, I always find checking in with myself yeah. as the way forward. Yeah. I always thought Instagram was a bit nicer than, do you, do you have Twitter as well? Or does it just Instagram? Uh, do you know what? I'm really, I focus on just the gram and a yeah. little bit of Facebook. Aside. I can't do all of it. I just, my yeah, attention yeah. is not, I'm not really a natural phone person, you know, as much as you'll see me like, on the gram, I'd like, I have to sort of push myself. I've been pushing myself to get into it more and more. Mm. Um, I'm not like, yeah, my attention isn't, isn't there. I like people and human beings and things like that. So I'm not, but no, Twitter. Mm, yeah, Twitter's, Twitter's the one that's, it's not, it tends to be, that's where you get most of the trouble. So when you said Instagram, I was surprised. I thought Instagram would probably maybe a bit better at, you know, you know they're, no, they're quite, it's good on Instagram for like a troll because they can just make up fake accounts. Okay. So that as long as someone's hit, that's like Twitter works really well for people because they can, you know, they're comfy just behind their keyboard and there's no face. So they're, name, they're probably not going to get, yeah. there's no name. Yeah. And they're probably not going to get a swipe in a supermarket, but it's the same as Instagram. Mm. If they 
do it. But I tell you, the last couple of comments I've had have been open accounts with men, with families and kids and stuff. So I don't know if the world's changing or whatnot, but I don't know. Whatever, yeah. whatever. I mean, I think the thing to remember is that you're never going to find someone that trolls someone. You're never going to find those people that are very happy at successful people. No, no one really successful. No, 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 no. no one's really successful is going to be like, yeah, yeah, I have all this money, have a nice car, and I have a great business. But you know what I really like doing? I like going on social media and people. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I always think that because a lot of the effort they put in, and I've even said a couple of times, like, power, like the effort you're putting in get a job and then take yourself to therapy or something like mm. this is a lot of time you're, you're putting into this yeah. and i said so because i get loads of people oh it's really bad they're horrible they're nasty i'm like do you know what they're honestly not that nasty they obviously feel really badly about themselves and they're mm. having a real difficult time you know what i mean and when you're in a swimmingly good mood as you said you're not like hey <laughs> it's three o'clock yeah you get on the ground and start <laughs> time to give any price some shit on instagram <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah um yeah i mean i mean i suppose what i mean what do you um plan to do i guess next are you doing more documentaries or, or anything like that upcoming I know i'd love to in do and out of hospital at the minute but yeah i have been yeah. in that hospital, yeah but um no i'd love to do more documentaries um the last one we were speaking about is one around self-help which i'm so so passionately keen to mm. do because i just find self-help industry fascinating in that i put my hand up to it i'm all in absolutely love it mm. i love my self-help books i love my james clear like, i love all my little books and whatnot that i read but at the same time i find that we kind of i think where we've lost the church you know now sorry if everyone's still i just mean that it's not a thing it's not as everyone goes as as, as much as as before you know we're kind of losing that connection the community um and so people just need that right so they kind of latch on to these self-help gurus um and who are these gurus, you know? And then I also find that people are kind of getting lost in the journey, mm. you know, and they never really arrive. And as I said before, people put these obstacles in their way to do anything. And it's like, well, I haven't found myself yet. I haven't gone through my trauma yet. I can't do this next stage. And I'm like, you're pausing your life. You know what I mean? I just think there's so many question marks. And then even the whole narrative of manifestation, you know, what does that say for the people that have gone through a horrible journey? Does it mean they brought those horrible situations to them? You know, like, it's just so many big questions. I'm just like, I feel like we're at a tipping point now. It's starting to go into a realm that I'm not keen on, you know? If you're picking up a book, reading it for a little bit of self-development, you know, more power to you, that's brilliant. But I just think that, you know, people are paying these people lots of money to do what I don't know. I don't know. So I would love to look into that. I find that really interesting. Um, but yeah, no, so that kind of got paused because of lockdown. As I say, I've been out of action anyway right now. Um, and again, I'm launching Well Woman Club. I want to raise some money for action for children. So guys, if you're listening, follow me on the gram, please. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I want to do some good for action for children and the Case Five Foundation. That's great, yeah. And so do you think doing more self-help stuff is something that you'd like to do? What do you mean? Like self-help, I guess with people in there, you know, like you were saying, with self-help coaches, like doing more of it, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can, I don't think I've got the, uh, I don't know if I can put my hat, you know, put my hand up and say I'm I'm worthy above anyone else to listen to. I don't know if I've got mm. that, but I'm more than happy to always share the things that work for me and give advice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I I've, don't I, know if... Uh, I, 
yeah, I think it's good, like, people that, like yourself, that can, can stay positive. I think a lot of people, from what people that speak to me as well, and I sort of try and refer them to people that I can recommend sometimes, is pe- people really struggle with their past, aren't they? Or, like, really, I think self-forgiveness in terms of what I was like, or whoever, like, so-and-so was like when they were 20 and they're now in their mid-30s, and then they're not able to kind of let that, that go, and they kind of feel like they beat themselves up about past mistakes happened 10 years ago and it's just like you know rather than focusing on who you were people just kind of struggle to you know focus that you know you're not that person anymore and you're the person that's learned rather than the person that is you know so what you were wild when you were in your 20s and things like that and people really struggle you know they think they have that reputation of perhaps being wild when they were in their 20s now they're growing up and mature they think that they have to kind of beat themselves up about that and yeah, that's really yeah. I completely, I completely agree with everything you just said there. I've, yeah. I, that's my biggest thing that I always sort of tell people. It's like they can't let go, and I, I don't, I understand. I'm not pointing the finger. I put my hand up to it. There's a, mm. there's a short space where I couldn't let go. I thought I was kind of a yeah. terribly bad person because I loved the party a little bit too much when I was younger. Yes. Um, but let's face it, like a lot of it comes down to situational in that you're in that arena, and also. In all honesty, it sounds, and I'm saying this purely to help other people, and I hope they think of it themselves in the same way. I now look back and kind of, especially now I've got my kids, and I say, you know, Annie, you did what you needed to do to feel good at that time. That was the best you could do with that information. Like, I could have done a hell of a lot worse. Do you know what I mean? And it's one of those things that, like, you always think that you could look at it better or done something better, but that's what you're doing now. That's the only thing that you, you can do. And I just think that life's too short. If you're going to waste it, feeling badly of yourselves, that's more of a disservice than any of the crazy you did in your 20s. You know, like, yeah. you just got to say, okay, that's what got me through at that point. Because I had difficult times in my 20s. That was hard, you know, back then. I felt mm. I had a lot of difficult times. So me drinking too much or, you know, not being the kindest to some people on occasion, which we all done, mm. um, that's part that's part of it and you just have to know that you're going to change your behavior going forward but i think yeah holding on to that pain is a is 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 a waste of life i don't mean that in a horrible way i'm being just brutally honest like if you can try and look at it in that way it kind of helps you go hey actually yeah come on i need to i need to close a book i need to close the book on this and move forward absolutely and i guess like you know accepting that you screwed up isn't the same as having to feel guilty there's like a difference between accepting yeah. it okay you know what I, I learned like that's like an acceptance like I'm trying to think of the word but it's gone for me now but that, but that kind of you know acceptance that yeah okay you know sort of manning up to yeah okay you know that was then but you know we're not our past are we we're not you know who we were 10 years ago we sort of develop as, as we get older and um yeah again you know try and I think people need to focus on they're the person that's learned rather than the person that, you know, was back then 10 years ago doing tequila every <laughs> a few, few, uh, few nights a week. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I think people really struggle, you know, having that sort of, uh, drawing that line between acceptance and sort of, you know, and guilt, I think. No, I completely agree. I, I completely agree with everything you just said. Yeah. I suppose, I mean, what do you think, um, do you, are you happy, I guess you're sort of similar age to me, so like, are you kind of happy that you grew up like I, like I am, that without sort of the social media 
powers of Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's, it all kind of happened in our 20s, I suppose, a sort of social media revolution. I'm, I am kind of happy that as a teenager I didn't have to kind of go through Instagram because it's so prevalent in t- teenage life now, where everyone's just, all teenagers especially, it worries me because always comparing each other to every, you know, always comparing each other to themselves. Mm. No, I am very, very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. I think that it's quite difficult because obviously even I would say I'm a relatively intelligent person, you know, yeah. like I'm content in lots of ways, but even I'll compare myself on the gram and I'll get annoyed. You know, I'd be having a great day and I look at someone and I'm like, oh man, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing this. You know, like the normal things that we all think. And I think that's fine in that our age group can kind of depersonalize it and say, okay, actually this is just the gram. We're only seeing the shiny glam bits. In reality, this person still pees, poos, eats, drinks, overdoes stuff, got shame, blah, 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 blah. We all know we're all in the same boat. However, our young counterparts, the rest of the world, I don't think they've got that yet, you know, because you're growing and you still genuinely believe that it is shiny, brand new, brightest green on the other side of the fence, you know? Like, I don't think that at base they believe that it is even, you know? I do think they think, oh, I should be like that. And also I think because of the gram, it always shows you in that happy way. It doesn't show the, the boring parts of life, the mundane parts of life, the crap parts of life, you know, it doesn't show, it doesn't connect all the dots, so it just always looks this bright or happy, or, which is great in lots of ways, the depressed end. So there's just no middle ground. It's either I'm smiling and everything's wonderful, or I'm not happy, I must be depressed. Now, I'm not saying Mm. that you're not depressed or you don't have these negative thoughts, but I would argue that everyone at some point will have depressive thoughts or sad thoughts. However, any sad thoughts shouldn't be pushed into that box. You know, so I think that unfortunately the representation of life isn't isn't uh, clear, mm-hmm. and I do try my best to put my hand out there and say like do more things about makeup. And I'm at the most moment I'm posting a bit more about my hospital things, which before I used to get embarrassed about. I felt like, you know, for me it's normal. But if I do a hospital picture, everyone's like, oh, I hope you're okay, and I get loads of lovely messages. But then I feel embarrassed. I think people must be like, oh, here she comes, hospital kid again. Give me some, <laughs> give me the. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, so I get a bit embarrassed, but for the sakes of um, transparency, I show all of my bits because in reality, that's the only thing I think we can all do. If we put ourselves forward and try and show as much as we can, if you're on Instagram, if you're not, obviously it doesn't matter, but um, then I think that's the best thing, thing we can do. But, you know, I do, I do struggle more for my kids. I think, God, goodness, how's that going to be? Um, yeah, I, I, I do. And just little things, like they've just got the different the different uh like for instance the other day it was really funny i saw a meme about snow day (laughs) obviously for us it's like snow day yeah you know like it just means like get with your pals and just have a great day but because of online work it's like snow day they just still have to work but (laughs) online and then someone wrote we got out at just the right time ladies and gentlemen i just thought that's hilarious (laughs) Because it's true, like they miss all like the fun little bits, you know, and also learning little things like um, I've got to be somewhere at seven o'clock. Even now, I'm terrible at it. Even, you know, today's interview, like, oh, it's fine, I can just check in, I call someone. You know what I mean? Like before, mm. we'd have to meet someone at the lamppost at seven o'clock. You meet them or you don't go out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's these tiny little things that we don't think about that it's just a whole new world for them. Yeah. 
it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, even if you were, like, going to meet someone on a date or something and they're running late, it'd be, like, back in the day, back in the day, um, you know, you wouldn't be able to communicate with that person, would you? You'd have, I meet you outside Smith's or Woolworth's back in the day, I suppose it would have been. I meet you outside Woolworth's at 3 o'clock and if you were running late, you'd either have to wait it out or just kind of go home because <laughs> they hadn't shown up because there was just no exactly. way Exactly, exactly. And that's another point is the dating arena, like... I was chatting to one of my girlfriends and her kids. They, she said that like she get they they are young kids, right? And they get inappropriate messages sent all the time, just because they can, because it's so you know. Whereas before, like we used to have those really awkward conversations, you know, to sort of interact with people and like grow relationships. And that's kind of missed because they can just be like, date, meet me, kiss. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just like. I don't know. I just feel like some of the relationship parts is changing as well, but I don't know. I don't want to be too negative on it because as I say, I think it is so wonderful in so many ways, genuinely. But over lockdown, it was a saviour to me and yeah. I have really changed how I use it. As I say, I'm all in a bit more um, and it's lovely, like the communities you can create. But yeah, for the kids, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's always getting to the stage where you feel like they're going to have to teach kids how to manage it in schools. Like someone's going to have to... They are, in. they yeah, are. It's, it's going to get to that stage because it's causing so much mental health problems for teenagers, I think. It is yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing talking today. I, I think you should definitely do some of the self-help stuff, coaching. I can see you doing it. I think you'd be really good at it. Oh, that's so nice. No, Actually, I appreciate that. No, you should. You should look up my my friend does it, Holly Matthews. She's very popular. Um, I'll, massive. I'll, I'll look her up, Holly yeah. Matthews. Holly Matthews, is on, yeah. Is it I E? No, Holly, Holly with a Y Matthews. Um, she's been on the podcast before. Uh, but yeah, very inspirational story. Um, she was on Waterloo Road like back in the day. <laughs> oh, keep, Waterloo. Yeah, yeah Waterloo Road, an actress. Yeah, and now she does self help stuff. She, she's very good. Uh, She's got, she's a Geordie, so she's got a no bullshit kind of attitude as well. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Um, but in, anyway, um, on the Shape Stories podcast, we always talk about um, stories that inspire us, whether it be, you know, a book when we were younger, whether it be someone's personal story that inspires us that we know or, you know, a famous person, whoever. I mean, is there a story that you sort of hold close to you that's a very big part of your life? Um... Do you know what? There isn't really one story. I've mm -hmm. always sort of grown up quite luckily with quite a lot of strong women around. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to read a lot as well. So I've read quite a lot of stories about different people. And for me, it's more about anything with the whole perseverance, which I know is, again, very cliche. But I just find that, you know, on the broad sense in the media industry and everything, history is either written by the winners or the broken that are, heavily uh, looked after. And so actually those stories haven't tended to really help me that much. For instance, Arnold Schwarzenegger's stories that I used to love as a kid, which my mum used to find hilarious, that like, this little burnt kid <laughs> loved Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I just loved, you know, he changed his, different, his career a lot. You know, he just really went for it. And he's not the obvious actor, let's face it. So I always find <laughs> him really interesting. Um, and as I say, growing up, my mum was always a bit of an influence for me. She worked for herself. That's probably why I worked for myself. So I knew it could be an option. Um, and she looked after our three kids, our house. Um, yeah, I just, I like it when people just are them, living their, themselves, 
unapologetically and going for it. I know that sounds again very, very cheesy, but it's just so nice to see like just people being happily in what they've got and who they are. Um, and again, guys, anyone that's listening, I just want to say that you never know who your mentor are in. The people that have really, really genuinely helped me uh, are people they would probably never know. So just, you know, whatever you're doing, like do it with your chin high because it does mean a lot to other people. Amazing. I suppose Arnold Schwarzenegger is a bit like The Rock, isn't he? In terms of not the best actor in the world, but, you know. No, I, I feel like Arnie went through a little bit more than The Rock. So we can maybe, you just call me up another time. We can sit and go through those two things. That was a, yeah. that was a bit of a sweeping statement you, that you made there, pal. Call me up, we'll go through it. <laughs> I'm yeah, that would be. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think with the Rock's actor, it's more like he's been in lots of different films, but I can never tell you the name of a character that he plays in the film. I, he's just the Rock. <laughs> in whatever film he's in, it's just like, what was the character's name? I have no, no idea. He's just the Rock in the film, isn't it? It's just like no, <laughs> one, no one ever remembers like the name of his character. No. It's like Rick Vale. I think when people are good enough, they're just you know, and we underestimate how fun it is just to be fun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the serious ones, they are great, but you're like, am I going to watch your movie twice? No, because I don't want to cry for eight no. days. How many times <laughs> have I watched Commando, for instance? Quite a few. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, the silly things are fun. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing talking to you. And, um, and yeah, you. I, look, I look forward to following you more on social media and seeing your development. <laughs> oh, thank you. And you. And you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, amazing talking to the inspirational uh, Annie Price there. Just such an amazing lady, isn't she? And uh, yeah, you know, puts things into perspective. Um, Such a positive lady, despite having challenges. And um, yeah, just a truly inspirational story. Um, I believe the best is yet to come with her. And so be sure to check her out on her social media pages and find out more about what she does. Um, Yeah, just an amazing person to be able to talk to. And I hope we get to talk to her again. Um, thanks for listening guys like I said if you can support the show in any way please um, donate you can find out how to support the show in the description box of where you're listening from your podcast Um, be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter you can follow us on Shapes of Stories on Twitter just at Shapes of Stories you can follow me on Twitter at LPrestige7 and you can follow me on Instagram under Prestige Books and you can find us on our Facebook pages as well but yeah guys um, be sure to check out my new book The Boy Who Lost His Smile And um, yeah, see you again next time. Have a good week.